Morning. So, um, Steve threw me there by not putting the digital clock. So, uh, as always, when I'm uh, GTL to be late, but there we are. Okay, very well, warm welcome to you here this morning. Um, you should all have a copy of the newsletter, if uh, either in paper or on email. There is some. Um, so there are some special, some spare copies out there. Um, now, uh, after the service today, um, we are going to decorate the church for Christmas. Uh, the tree, undecorated, is already uh, in the uh, quiet room in the corner there. So anybody who can um, stay afterwards, because Advent starts next Sunday, then uh, that would be really appreciated. Um, I think that's the only extra notice that I've got. So, um, the... Ooh. Oh, fantastic. So, um, the, the service this morning is led by Jenny and Helen and a whole load of the young people, and you'll see a whole different band um, happening today, an open band, which is great. And uh, do, you have, do you have a notice, do you? Oh, Fantastic. So I will hand over. But before we do, um, if you can all stand, and um, as uh, Ethan brings in the Bible. Right, if you can be seated, thank you. everyone. Hi. <laughs> How are we all? Are we all good this morning? So today, welcome to the service first of all. Today we're going to throw a bit of a wild card at you and we're having the youth lead the service. Way, yeah. <laughs> um, we hope to entertain and inform you today. We have a very important subject for you all today that we'll be talking about, the environment and how you yourself can help God's creation thrive and how we as a church can help. Um, we hope everyone gets involved. We've got like a craft up for anyone to get involved if you, of course, feel comfortable moving around the church. Um, we have an open band, so anyone who wants to get involved can. We've got mics set up for anyone who wants to come up and do what they want to do. Um, and after the service, we'll have tea and coffee. So please, we encourage you to stay and have a chat and catch up. Um, before we start, um, I was hoping you would all join me in a prayer. Dear Lord, today we come together to appreciate your beautiful handiwork and learn upon about how we can nurture it better. We ask you to open our minds and hearts as today we take upon a new type of worship. We ask for your omnibeloved love to shine down on every single soul in this church. I ask you, God, to help the people in this church to encourage positive change, not only for the world, but for the people in it too, and our church family. And finally, I thank you for this beautiful life that you've blessed us all with. Amen. Now just a reading for you all before we get started. <laughs> this is Palm 100, and this is the message. On your feet now, applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. Know this, God is good. God, God, he made us. We didn't make him. We are his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him, worship him, for God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and ever. And now I'm handing over to our band leader for our first song. Off we go.
Morning. Morning. Now, does anyone have a birthday today or this week? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> Any advance on nothing? <laughs> okay, not sold then. <laughs> So I think that last song was quite appropriate because I'm definitely out of my depth here. 
So a little bit of background to what today is about. Um, Helen and Jenny and I have met with the church youth to get their thoughts on things they would like to get involved in at church and maybe things they would like to see changed. So two thoughts came out. One was, could they have more occasional input to, to services and could the services be a bit more interactive? And the second one was, can we do something to address the, the bit of the church lens? Do you remember the lens? Um, the segment on care for God's creation. So these two thoughts we're trying to address in this service, but just make it first start, really, so this is the first step. So in a recent survey submission by the church maintenance team, Thomas Risley had an eco-survey review showing we could do better on community and global and on lifestyle. So uh, <clears throat> as a note, worship and teaching got a gold award, buildings got a silver award, land we got a silver award, and the other two basically no award or a bronze award. So, so there's a questionnaire on your chairs for you to have a go at at your leisure at home. We would really like to encourage you to try and answer the questions and bring them back to the church and put them in the box that will be at the back of the church until December the 12th. Uh, put them in the quiz box. As a further encouragement, this is awful really, but anyway, we're, there will be a prize for the winner. So just to encourage you to bring your answers in, there will be a prize. It might be a Marks and Spencer's uh, Christmas cake bought out of my own pocket, or, or it might be a box of chocolates, we shall see. <laughs> you can try. You can probably find the answers online, and that is quite okay if you want to find the answers online, because the whole point of this is to make people think and talk about it. Um, I should say I have the answers, and if your answers are different from mine, so be it. Whether you got them online or not, that's tough. So do, do fill in the, the questionnaires, bring them back, put them in the church at the back, and on the 12th we'll get the answers. Again, to get you thinking, later in the service there'll be uh, an item which asks you to send green tips to Maggie. For the, so we'd like, to put, like Maggie to put one of these tips in the church newsletter each week. There might be obvious ones like reuse and recycle tea bags, Oh, that may already have given you an answer to one of the questions, never mind. <coughs> or it may be a cookery tip or it may be a lifestyle tip. You can ask for your name to be attached or you can ask for it to be anonymous if you want. Again, the point is to be, get people talking, so a name would be good. Okay. Right, we're going to go into a time of silent prayer. I'm going to introduce four areas for prayer and give you 30 seconds for each and direct your thoughts at the, end, at the beginning of each 30 seconds and I'll finish with a prayer for the children to leave. So the areas are pray for a country mentioned in recent COP26 talks, maybe one of the big countries that need to move further along the eco line, maybe one of the small countries that's already suffering from global warming issues. It may even be our own country. Second, I'm going to ask you to pray for a, an obscure country. It might be Africa or South America, say, or somewhere you go on holiday or somewhere you saw in a TV documentary. Anywhere, just pray for the people of that country and its inhabitants and leaders. Thirdly, pray for someone you know who needs help and prayer and also a person you'd like to see moving closer to God, somebody maybe you'd like to see coming to church who doesn't come to church regularly. And finally, I'm going to ask you to pray for an endangered animal species, which could be an insect or a fish, if you like. Pray for the countries where these creatures live, and pray to ask God if there's something you can do to help that creature. Okay. So firstly... 30 seconds to just think and pray for a country that's mentioned in the COP26 talks.
Okay, so now I'll move on to pray for just any country that just comes to mind. Somewhere that just is in your is in your thoughts occasionally. Pray for its inhabitants and leaders. So third, pray for, well, two people really, someone you know who needs prayer and help, and someone else who you'd like to see moving closer to God or maybe coming to church. And finally, pray for an endangered species. Pray for the countries where the creature lives. Could be an insect, could be a fish, could be an animal. And just um, pray to God to ask if there's anything you can do to help. Okay, I just I should just say this was something that was mentioned by the youngsters when we met, just that we, they thought we should have more quiet prayer. So I hope that hits the spots. So just can we just pray for our youngsters and our junior church as they leave and pray that they are blessed with whatever they do and that teachers will be blessed with their activities. And just let them know that we miss them. We will miss them. Amen. So our first reading is from Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. Place your life before God. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention to God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings you the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So I'm going to give you just a little bit of an introduction now to Eco Church and what it is. So Eco Church is a charity, it was set up by a charity, A Washer, in the UK. And that came in partnership with Christian Aid, the Church of England, the Methodist Church and Tear Fund. Their vision is to create a scheme of a vast network of churches 
that will become local centres of creation care for their communities, becoming a shining beacon of hope for a brighter environmental future. At the heart of the Eco Church, as Derek's already mentioned this morning, there is a unique online survey that enables us as churches to record both what we're doing now and to think about what we might like to do further and act accordingly. The survey covers all areas of church life, worship and teaching, the management of church buildings and land, community and global engagement and lifestyle. Accompanying the survey is a whole suite of re online resources to help us undertake actions recommended in these five areas. The church completes the survey and as we tick things off, we gain points. And there are three levels that we can reach of award if we get enough points, so bronze, silver and gold. Of course, the point is not to gain awards, although a gold one would be nice. It's about encouraging us and enabling us as churches to take action to care for God's creation. Our focus this morning is on the lifestyle section of the survey. And I'm going to hand over to Helen now to tell us a little bit more. Hi. Um, we wanted to make this morning interactive because it is tricky sitting still. It's one of the things that I found working with children is the hardest skill to learn to do. And yet they're asked quite a lot to do it. And even as my children have grown up, they still find it quite hard to sit still. But um, So we've done a bit of a PowerPoint. Now, we want you to get involved, but we didn't want to make it a bit of a, a shouting out sesh because of COVID and, and all the rules and regulations. But we wanted you to be involved. So if you could show your hands or if you feel a real urgent desire to contribute vocally, then please, I'm fine for that to happen, but be, just be mindful, I suppose. So... Thomas Risley is underway with the Eco Church Award in partnership with the other three churches in the pastorate. So these are our questions that come out of the lifestyle section, which we've not really started yet, as far as I know. So we wanted to get you all on board and get thinking. So first slide, please. Brilliant. Thomas Risley has appointed people to champion the cause of Christ, oh, of our church community and becoming more environmentally sustainable. Do you know who these people are? Raise your hands if you do. Yay! You can't see that. Thomas Risley has appointed people to champion the cause of our church community in becoming more environmentally sustainable. Do you know who these people are? So we've got representatives on the Eco Church group. Rachel knows. Erin, I don't think you can take part. <laughs> Kate knows. Anybody else? Do you want to throw out a name? Maggie's on it. Yeah, Maggie's on the Eco Church group. Malcolm's on it. Thanks. Dave Gartside's on it, yeah. He's a key member, key member. And I know Brian's done a lot of work on the building side of the Eco Church Award, so there are people. Thank you. Next slide, please. This is great. Is, walk, is walking and cycling to church services and events promoted in our church? What do you think? Yes? No? Hands up if you think it is. Is it something that we could do? No, you can. So it's just something to think about. Could we walk to church maybe once a month or cycle when it's warm enough? Just, just to get you thinking. Next slide, please. Is the reduction of car use encouraged in our church? Yeah, you think it is? Brilliant. That's from people that are walking to church. Yeah, again, just something to get us thinking about. Slide four. So we were looking at um, what resources were available online, and Naomi came up with the WWF carbon footprint link. It is really good. I've had a go myself at home. So could you undertake a personal carbon footprint? And that's just one suggestion. So if you go home and you Google in this afternoon, that might be something to have a look. It asks questions such as, um, have we used an aeroplane recently? Um, I know, that would be nice, wouldn't it? We have. So I did put our rust. Oh, okay. So it just asks lots of questions just to get you thinking. 
just about what your expenditure is in terms of your carbon footprint and what you're putting back in. But again, quite inter really interesting. Next slide, please. Our church operates a communal Christmas and Easter card scheme among the congregation, did you know? Everybody knows that one, yeah. Thank you. So Christmas cards up on the notice board rather than sending individual ones out. Next slide, please. Brilliant. How can you reduce your personal energy consumption? That doesn't mean sitting on the sofa all afternoon. I know. Playing Angry Birds or something. So just again to be aware when we could walk rather than take the train. We did have a really good discussion, didn't we, about bus passes because a lot of the young people have bus passes for college and, and stuff. So could they use those um, during the week to get about rather than maybe taking the car? So again, yeah, just, just something to get us all thinking really. Next slide, please. How can we limit our waste by adhering to the principles of reduce, reuse and recycle? So, again, we didn't want to go down there, let's recycle everything, because everyone's fairly aware of that, and switch off your light bulbs and switch off your taps when you're cleaning your teeth. But we did come up with a trash monster idea, which Ethan's brilliantly done. So we put it on the recycling bin, so there's absolutely no mistake that you've got to feed this trash monster. So can you have a think about that when you're at home as well? What can you reduce in terms of your plastics? What can you reuse? And what's available to recycle? Next slide, please. Personal use and consumption of fair trade and or ethically sourced goods is promoted in our church. Would you agree? Yeah. So could we do that at home as well, maybe? It's a little bit more expensive, isn't it, to buy fair trade bananas or fair trade tea and coffee, but um, if we can do our bit for the environment by doing that and improve the lives of people that are working in that industry. Brilliant. Next slide, please. Our church encourages members to use food at home that is loaf. And if you don't know, loaf is locally grown, organic, animal-friendly and fair trade. So farm shops maybe, if there's one near you, or when you're in the supermarket, you can make informed choices around what you're buying. The milkman, I'm being suggested by the front row, is a good, is a good idea. Again, a little bit more expensive to buy your milk from the milkman, but you can recycle your glass bottles, and it comes regularly delivered, along with brownies and croissants. <laughs> Next slide, please. Our church partners with other local churches in running a food bank provision. Did you know? Would you be interested in supporting? Brilliant. We, Thomas Risley is actually fantastic in supporting, and there are some individuals in this church that are just beyond generous. It's amazing. And the church as well, financially on Thursday, agreed that it would... Um, Colin might not know this yet. He's looking slightly worried. <laughs> donate some money from the uh, Missionary Giving Fund. Um, to the local food bank. So the three churches in Birchwood operate a food bank from the church where I work at in Oakwood, um, and that's been given out harvest hampers recently, and we've got a plan to do Christmas hampers too. Another suggestion at the church meeting was that if people would be happy to donate a selection box or Christmas biscuits or something like that, there's a box outside just by the door. Um, if you could just bung any donations in there, that would be brilliant, just to make the, har the Christmas hampers a little bit more exciting, other than a tins of potatoes and tinned veg and stuff, and Christmas stuffing and gravy. So that would be brilliant. So that's there if you want to contribute. And thank you to everybody um, that's agreeing to let church donate financially. And thank you to those individuals that are supporting us. It is really still needed, unfortunately. We're not handing out ham um, food parcels fortnightly anymore, but we are there for referrals for families for emergency use, and that is still being taken up, which is good, but sad at the same time. So, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think the Sunday is the 12th of December, so that we can get them out the week beginning the 13th because the following week is literally Christmas week isn't it so 
that would be great. Thank you, Kate. Next slide, please. The ethical investment of personal savings is encouraged at our church. Yeah, right, there's a few nod- nods about, I don't know, so I don't know how ethically we uh, save our money as a church, but that's something, again, maybe for us to think about. Um, also tied into that um, is the gas and utility supply, the utility supplies that we use, so are they ethically sourced as well? Um, so whoever you might use at home... Because my family all know who we use for our gas and electric supplier and that they're ethically used. But um, it might be something that you could look into. It might not. Um, It's all entirely up to you, but we just wanted to raise that as well. Next slide, please. Are our church funds ethically invested? That's what was just mentioned. So I don't know. I don't know if anybody else does. Colin does. We are. So that's brilliant. These are all questions off the questionnaire on the Eco Church, not ones we've just randomly come up with, so that's why we wanted to raise these. And this is our last slide. Practical lifestyle tips and advice on caring for God's earth are to be included in church newsletters and website. Um, and as Derek mentioned before, if you've got any ideas um, that you could send to Maggie, that would be brilliant that we could maybe just raise our own awareness about issues. So. One suggestion was a five-minute shower, which I would love in my family, but I don't know how they'd feel about that. They're up there for hours. Rachel. Shampoo, soap. Soaping. Rather than shower gelling. Yeah. So... Rachel's suggesting, you know, the bars of soap that you can buy, that a body wash and a shampoo as well. <laughs> Might not be your thing. And is it really good? Yeah. <laughs> a recommendation from Rachel there for those. Walk more, less transport and pollution, make use of your bus passes that we've mentioned. So they were just, you know, we've had... I think we've had two Sundays and a few emails to sort of plan this and get ideas together. And they're busy people, our young people, so getting everybody together is like catching jelly. And it's never a Sunday morning because people are working, um, or they're in bed, or they're at other churches, you know, which is all brilliantly valid reasons. Um, Yeah, Erin's working. Erin's been working, you know, so... Adam drives a lot at the weekend with his motorsport, so it is busy to pin them down. So we just used that as a template and wanted to present it to you just to get us all thinking about what we could maybe do in terms of our own personal responsibility. In terms of the Eco Church Award, my understanding is that we start on these and we make progress. So some we can answer straight away and get our gold award and others we we won't get any award and we need to work towards so again it was just to get us all thinking and raise awareness thank you it's over to Derek now I believe for more prayers Not sure I was expecting the prayers to come quite so quickly together, so it'll be a slightly shortened one, I think. Um, so can we pray first for um, A. Rosha that Jenny mentioned? They are um, an international network of environmental organizations with Christian ethics. And A. Rocha, or Roca, means the rock in Portuguese. So pray for their, their new vision for the UK and the strategy for 2021 to 25 and pray that we're able to widen the scope of their work to engage more with Christians, churches and land managers in practical conservation and to support initiatives that regenerate nature and cut carbon emissions. We pray that we would do this with renewed energy and commitment and that we would see more land restored and transformed for nature across our own country, across the UK.
We give thanks for people with passion and experience and ability that carry out these roles. There's apparently a board meeting on the 4th of December, so we pray for that board meeting of A. Rosher for inspiration and wisdom and discernment for the trustees. We're aware of the uh, COP26 climate change summit that's just finished. And we just uh, pray for countries that need to move further along the line of getting rid of coal. We pray for the countries that are suffering already, which we've, met, we've thought about already. Remember the world events that are going on that seem to be changing with the climate. Those of you who've been in the church a long time will remember a young uh, a lady called Irene, who occasionally uh, Irene Senior. She occasionally used to take a service, and she was very keen on somebody called Helen Steiner Rice, who wrote poetry. So I'm just going to read a couple of her poems. One which is quite close to my heart because it mentions my favourite verse in the Bible. Micah 6.8 What must I do to ensure peace of mind? Is the answer I'm seeking too hard to find? How can I know what God wants me to be? How can I tell what's expected of me? Where can I go for guidance and aid to help me correct mistakes I've made? The answer is found in doing three things. And great is the gladness that doing them brings. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God. With these three things as your rule and your rod, all things worth having are yours to achieve if you follow God's word and have faith and believe. And another one on prayers. Life without purpose is barren indeed. There can't be a harvest unless you plant seed. There can't be attainment unless there's a goal. And man's but a robot unless there's a soul. If we send no ships out, no ships will come in. Unless there's a contest, nobody can win. For games can't be won unless they're played. And prayers can't be answered unless they are prayed. So whatever is wrong with your life today, you'll find a solution if you kneel down and pray. Not just for pleasure, enjoyment and health, not just for honours and prestige and wealth. But pray for a purpose to make life worth living. Pray for the joy of unselfish giving. For great is your gladness and rich your reward when you make your life's purpose the choice of the Lord. Kind of old-fashioned, but nice. So finally, can we just pray for ourselves, our own country, problems that uh, we're experiencing with migrants, that we can find a solution to, to the migrant problem. Brexit and Northern Ireland, we pray for a solution to the Northern Ireland problem. And we just bring before you, God, the, our friends and our family and our church family. We pray for those who need our help. Amen. So we were hoping to use a video clip for the Lord's Prayer. We tried one from the Church of England and one from Christian Aid, but there's copyright issues with that. So if, I don't know if you want to, when you get home, have a little look, because they are really good. 
So we'll just do it in the old way of saying the Lord's Prayer, which worked for the disciples. So hey, let's give it a go. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And I'm handing over to Naomi, because she loves this bit. So we were talking about um, reducing like plastic at Christmas and how like sweet wrappers and wrapping paper is all like not recyclable. So over here we have some presents that you can decorate with like different Christmas food wrappers. So we can recycle them. Yeah. Yeah. Come and do some cutting and sticking. Morning, everyone. Um, I've been reliably informed that I'm no longer church youth, but I'll uh, take what I can get. Um, the reading is taken from Matthew 21, verses 33 to 44. The story of the greedy farmhands. Here is another story. Listen closely. There was once a man, a wealthy farmer, who planted a vineyard. He fenced it, dug a wine press, put up a watchtower, and then turned it over to his farmhands and went off on a trip. There was a time to harvest the grapes. He sent his servants back to collect his profits. The farmhands grabbed the first servant and beat him up. The next one they murdered. They threw stones at the third, but he got away. The owner tried again, sending more servants, but they got the same treatment. The owner was at the end of his rope, and he decided to send his son. Surely, he thought, they will respect my son. But when the farmhands saw the son arrive, they rubbed their hands in greed. This is the heir. Let's kill him and have it all for ourselves. They grabbed him, threw him out, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard arrives home from his trip, what do you think he will do to the farmhands? He'll kill them, a rotten bunch and good riddance, they answered. Then he'll assign the vineyard to the farmhands who will hand over to the prophets when it's time. Jesus said, right, and you can read it for yourselves in your Bibles. The stone the masons threw out is now the cornerstone. This is God's work. We rub our eyes. We can hardly believe it. This is the way it is with you. God's kingdom will be taken back from you and handed over to a people who will live out a kingdom life. Whoever stumbles on this stone gets shattered. Whoever the stone falls on gets smashed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When we look at the world around us, We see the litter on our streets, the plastic bottle recycling banks overflowing, and read headlines telling us of floods and famines. It's all too easy to think that the world is broken beyond repair. The behaviour of humanity has damaged creation to such an extent that all life on the planet is endangered. For many, the doomsday clock ticks down, closer and closer, And to them, there is no point in trying to do anything differently. I believe this is where our faith is a light. It shines, showing us hope where there was once despair, life where there was death, love and peace where there was selfishness and greed. It shows us a different way, refusing, as Paul says, to conform to the broken patterns of society. 
How, you may ask. Paul tells us by keeping our eyes upon Jesus. In our relationship with Jesus, following him, getting to know him better, we transform our minds and how we see the world. We understand that we are not alone to deal with the burdens of life. God has a vision and a mission. A mission to see his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Though our Bible tells us that the world has been broken by sin, it also tells us that God is on a mission to make all things new, to bring restoration and shalom, a transformation or concept of peace, wholeness, justice and goodness. We are told that through Jesus, God is reconciling all things, whether the things on earth or the things on heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The mission of God is about restoring relationships between God, humanity, and all of creation. It's a mission to see everything God has made, all things on heaven and earth, experience peace and restoration. It isn't that we are to respond to the brokenness of the world under our own power, but rather that this God, with a mission, extends the most incredible invitation to us to come and follow me and be active co-workers in his mission through his power. Not only is God at work in the world, but he invites each of us to play our part in his story. For as our second Bible reading tells us, we are tenants on the earth, stewards with responsibilities like those Jesus describes in his parable, called to live out a kingdom life. Part of that active tenancy is caring for God's creation, creation he puts into our care, the creation that is broken, and we as a race are breaking more and more each day. Seen this way, our response to the current ecological crisis becomes a matter of discipleship. And Paul offers us a wonderful description of being a disciple. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Every decision and action becomes an opportunity to bring glory to God and to participate in his mission. This morning we've already heard many ways we can become good, active tenants, co-workers in God's mission to restore all things in our everyday, ordinary life, our sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around lives. We can cycle and walk places rather than use our cars. We can reduce our carbon footprint, reuse, reduce, recycle, buy fair trade products and loaf products, pray, invest ethically, and share ideas on how to be good tenants with others. These are just some of the ways we can work for God's mission of restoration. You may know of many more. Here is the light the life and the hope. Each of us can choose to be good tenants of the King, to be people who offer our whole lives as a sacrifice, all our eating, traveling, working, in worship to God with a mission, honoring him by living lightly on the earth, by loving our neighbors, and by caring for his creation. Let us respond to his invitation. Now I'd like to share with you a poem by Joel Payne. We are the tenants of the king. We are the workers in his garden. So we will live and love and care for this planet that we share. We bear the image of our God and we sh are sharing in his mission. So we will follow as we serve to see the healing of the earth. As we wait for the dawning of the day when the king is coming, we will live for his glory and his praise. For in the victory of the cross, we have a hope of restoration, all things together under Christ, a world of flourishing and life. So fill us up and lead us on to see the coming of your kingdom 
and we will labour as we sing, for we're the tenants of the King. I'll pass over now to the band.
Right, so this has been an adventure. I think we can all agree. I've very much enjoyed myself. Thank you very much to everyone who supported the youth throughout like this planning, Jenny, Helen, everyone else involved, Derek. It was really lovely um, getting us involved. It was a really nice new experience. We hope you guys have really liked it as well. Um, we hope to do this again at some point because, and get more people involved and you know, try again and see how it goes because there is no failure. You know what I mean? There's only improvement. Um, <laughs> so, oh, thank you. Thank you. So last bit from me, on your way out we've got like a little basket and it's got a bunch of seeds in that we thought would be a nice way to make your own little environmental help thing. So maybe not plant them now because it is about to be winter, but you can wait till next spring or whenever you feel comfortable to make them grow. So they're just there for anyone who wants to grab a little packet and all. But anyway, thank you very much. Um, over to Jenny, of course, with our <laughs> goodbye and blessing. Thank you very much, Jenny. Thank you. Just to close our worship this morning with a blessing. Deep peace of the flowing air to you. Deep peace of the quiet earth to you. Deep peace of the shining stars to you. Deep peace of the running wave to you. Deep peace of the gentle night to you. Moon and stars pour healing light on you. Deep peace of Christ, the light of the world to you. Deep peace of Christ to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you.